0: It's Wednesday, December 8th, 2021. Welcome to the Philly Press Box Radio Roundtable, brought to you by the Irish Rover Station House in Langhorne, PA, and Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA. I'm Bill Furman. I'll be your host tonight, along with my partner, Jim Chet Chesko. Hey, Chet, the Eagles took care of their business against the Jets with Gardner Minshew at quarterback. The Sixers have won a couple games in a row. They're still battling injuries and illnesses and everything else. Uh, But they're back to seventh spot in the East. The Union. Yes, the Union. Uh, That's soccer for the uninitiated. They uh, caught team-wide COVID and got eliminated in the playoffs. We'll talk about that. Then there's the Flyers. Elaine Vigneault has been fired. They've lost nine in a row. Jeez. College football playoffs have been set. That's cool. It's Army-Navy week. That should be in Philly. And, yes, Dick Allen fell one vote short of induction into baseball's Hall of Fame. Uh, do you think we have enough to talk about this week? You know, as I said in my promo last night, Bill, we never have a shortage of topics
1: for this show, and we are swamped this week. I mean, we, we're covering all the bases. Heck, all five sports when we include soccer in there, if we have time for that, uh, plus
0: the college football stuff. Yeah, so we have to stay focused, Bill. Yes, we do. We have a great guest tonight, Kevin Cooney. He's going to help us sort through all this, chat, but before... We do that. I wanted to give an update on our friend Carolyn Smith. Um, You know, she was on a journey to adopt all 100 grandparents for the Christmas at the Broomall Manor in Broomall, PA. And uh, we helped her out last week with a little promo. And uh, thanks to the help of some of our viewers, Carolyn has reached her goal by last Friday. didn't take long Then 100 people um, or at least 100 times 25 ponied up to help her out. Uh, congrats to her, and thanks to those who donated. Jet, we can't forget our elderly people. Uh, we, we're not far from being them.
1: Yeah, for sure. So let's hope our kids take that approach, and don't forget us as we get older.
0: <laughs> That's right.
1: Uh, Bill, congrats to Carolyn and the folks at uh, Broomall Manor. That is great news. But well, Our guest is ready to go. We're a couple of minutes late already. Let's get moving here. Let's
0: do it. Let's welcome Kevin Cooney back to Philly Press Box Radio. Kevin, welcome. Good
2: evening, gentlemen. How are you?
1: Hello, Kevin. Hey, we have so much to talk to you about. We are just (laughs) going to jump all over. We're going to go from topic to topic, and we got to start, I guess, with Minshew Mania, a big win for the Eagles this past Sunday. Now there's a bye week. Jalen Hurts has got to be the quarterback coming back. We know that when they uh, play Washington a week and a half from now. What should we expect from the Birds over these final four games?
2: I don't think anybody can really know what to expect with this team. I think there are times when you look at them and they – they look like they're coming along. I'll give Nick Sirianni a lot of credit. He's adjusted his game plan. When they've run the football, they've been a pretty good team. They've used the strength of their offensive line. Even their defense, and it's tough to tell because they just played the Jets, but their defense has looked decent over the last three, four weeks, really since that Charger game, um, or the Raider blowup, depending on which one you want to look at uh, more like precisely. But – if you have Gardner Minshew and you have Jalen Hurts as a quarterback controversy, there's no controversy because you don't have a quarterback. And I think it's pretty clear. I think that they don't have anybody here that you could feel comfortable with going forward. And if this year was all about finding out about what you're going to have going forward and how you're going to use those three first round picks and and all that, well, I think you've gotten your answer. And it's now a question of, Jalen Hurts over the last four weeks, could he do something to upset the apple cart? Yeah, but if you're thinking Gardner Minshew's the answer, then 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 you're in big big trouble.
0: <laughs> well, I think what the other thing that we found out is the offensive line continues to not to dominate, and uh, you know, for a team that's fighting to even think about being in the playoffs, they that offensive line has got to rank right up at the very top or very first couple in the league. Uh, they're playing really well, and we you know, certainly help. Hope Kelsey is healthy. Sounds like good news from him today,
2: but mm-hmm. they certainly need him. Yeah, and I think that's what's kept them in the race. I mean, because it's allowed uh, Sirianni to go to a run offense. And look, their running game has been good, but it's not been good necessarily because of the running backs. You know, Boston Scott, Miles Sanders, you know, uh, you know, obviously Jordan Howard when he was in was pretty good, but they've been okay. It's not like they're breaking 70, 80-yard runs. They're just getting steady Seven, eight, nine yard runs. And I think that's the biggest benefit you could see with having an offensive line this dominant at this point. Look, guys, I mean, again, this was supposed to be, I, you know, maybe I'm the one person in Philadelphia who believes that it's immaterial whether you make the playoffs or not. Do you remember who the 7C was in the NFC last year? <laughs> Either one of you. <laughs> no, I do not. It was the Chicago Bears. <laughs> okay. So if it's the Eagles going to Green Bay, or if it's Washington going to Green Bay, it's immaterial in my mind. It's a matter of you learn what you need to learn going into next year when then you're going to try to take a serious run of division.
1: Okay. A lot of people, though, would like to see them make the playoffs, and right now they are a half game out as we look at the standings. uh, There are seven teams, as you mentioned, making the playoffs this year. The Eagles at six and seven, right behind both Washington and San Francisco. For those people who do want to see a playoff spot, do you think this team's going to make it?
2: Uh no. No, because I, I think look, I think Washington's playing a lot better than them right now. I think what we're seeing is Ron Rivera's team uh kind of throwing themselves into the mix, honestly, to win the division. They get two games against Dallas coming up, and you look at Washington having to play two against the Eagles. Um I think the I think Washington's got a shot to get in this, and then if that happens, Dallas is gonna backslide into a wild card spot. Remember, they lose the tiebreaker with the 49ers. Uh, they'll lose a tiebreaker. They'll win one with Carolina, but I don't think Carolina is going to be a factor in this. Um, you know, this is where I think the the trouble for the Eagles is going to be. Washington and Carol, uh, Washington, and San Francisco are going to be the two teams that are going to have to beat out to get in. I don't see it happen.
0: Do, do you think if you could make the playoffs that you could kind of strike lightning in a bottle with, uh, no. with the offensive line play and steal a game somewhere
2: along the line? No, because who's going to guard – who's going to guard the wide receivers in green Bay. Who's going to, who's going to, who's going to guard. Let's say Arizona falls back to the two. Who's going to, who's going to take up the Andre Hopkins. Uh, The the they're going to have to win like a 35 31 shootout. And they're not created to do that at this point.
1: Most important thing for me is just to find out whether Jalen hurts is going to be the guy going forward. All right. We got to switch topics. Talk a little hockey, Kevin, you're a big hockey guy flyers. Uh, 20 coaches since Fred Sherrill and company won the cup back in 76, six coaches in the last eight years. What's the matter with this franchise?
2: Well, let's also say that it's the nature of the NHL that, you know, when something goes wrong, the fault position is you fire a coach. Uh, and Mike Yo was at the, ironically, was at the other end of it when Craig Berube got the job in St. Louis and they ended up winning a cup. Yeah. But they're not good enough. They're just not you know, you can rearrange Peter Laviolette and, and Craig Berube and, and Dave Hackstall and, and all these guys. They're just not good enough. They don't have the talent. They don't, you know, look how hard it is for them to score. Look yeah. how hard it is to, for them to generate offense. And then you watch what Colorado did on Monday night, What you see what Tampa does on a regular basis. And granted, their talent level is far superior to what the Flyers have. But the Flyers also tried to do a rebuild, okay? They tried to do a rebuild under, under Ron Hextall, and it got short-circuited. It basically was not... They ended up not going the full way. I'm not saying you had to go the whole sixer process kind of method, but when you try to half you-know-what something, and I had to catch myself there for a second. <laughs> um, when you try to half you-know-what it, you end up with half you-know-what results, and that's kind of what's happened here. It's not Claude Giroux's fault. It's not you know, uh, Travis. Travis Codetti's fault. It's it's just an organizational failure. And guys, I think the other problem here is, and this is my own opinion, I don't think that the ownership group of this team since Ed Snyder died really cares. I really hmm. don't. I I just get this sense that it's another entity in their portfolio. And you know, look. You, and, and this is going off on a tangent but look at the way they're treating the regional sports network. Look at the way that they treat the, they treat the building for a number of years. Look at the way now they're treating the organization. You almost wonder if it's time for them to let somebody else drive the car at this point Hmm. and how that may help the organization going forward.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Well, you you mentioned Hextall. And I, I think, you know, a lot of people thought while he was putting this draft, you know, all those drafts together, that he was doing a great job and the organization again, I guess it was really Paul Hongram, probably maybe Bobby Clark back at that time ran out of
2: patience with him. Um, I think it was Dave Scott. I think it was the people above. I think it was the people up above who were worried about the ticket sales decline. You know, because they, they do focus on the number of people in that building and that didn't work. And, you know, look, the Ron, Isolate some people within the building? Absolutely. There were some people he totally tuned out, and was he perfect? No, but they tried to rush it, and when you try to rush a rebuild, look at the Phillies, look at the Flyers, this is what happens.
0: Yeah, and and as a follow-up to that point, uh, a guy posted the other day on Facebook that he'd been going to the Flyers games for 24 years, never saw as little a crowd as he saw the other, the last game.
2: Well, well uh, Bill, it's Why not it's an, right. <laughs> well, Bill, it's, it, it's a, bo- it's a bad product to watch right now. Yeah. It's an expensive product. Um, And, you know, look, you guys have been in the building before. It's nonstop. You know, for those of us who are older, it's a nonstop light show of, you know, <laughs> pounding noise and the mascot. And that does annoy a lot of people who are the old traditional. I'm not saying that they're right. 100 percent you know we have to move on in some ways and yet can't have the same game presentation you did in 1975 but you gotta maybe have a little softer touch with it
1: hey speaking of moving on i want to talk to you about a couple of baseball topics first of all hall of fame um dick allen who is pretty much before your time as far as his playing days bill and i are old fogies we got to see dick while he was still pretty much in his prime in the late 60s. He got snubbed again, missing the Hall of Fame entry by one vote for the second time in six or seven years. And it's a shame. He died one year ago today. What do you make of this? Is there just some kind of bias against him still all these years later?
2: Uh, You know, look, I I think the problem, and this is a problem with these types of committees, okay? And the problem I've always had with these types of committees, and look, you know, you could throw, I know this is heresy in this town, But you could throw in guys like Phil Rizzuto and Richie Ashburn and and Bill Mazeroski and all these guys who, you know, Harold Beans is the latest one, who probably on merit didn't belong in but got elected in because of relationships within the game. And that's fine. I'm not saying yank them out. But when you have that type of politics, there's also this type of politics too, where somebody has decided that Dick Allen, who is comparable with a lot of the people, he's comparable with Tony Oliva. I mean, you know, it's not – What's the difference between Tony and Lee and Dick Allen? I mean, yeah. in a lot of ways. So look, as somebody, I did not see Dick Allen. Okay. I have heard all the arguments. I don't know how I would vote on him if I had to. I mean, I vote for the, the modern guys. Now uh, I don't vote in this committee. Uh, I would say, you know, I tend to be a little deferential to the way his numbers were in the real voting. Uh, you know, but, but at that point, you know, if you're going to have Harold Beans in, then you have to have gal in it at that point. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And what do you think? I know you. We're going to get to Jimmy Rollins here in a minute, so I don't want to jump over there right yet. But uh, you make it no secret as a voter who you vote for, uh, and I like that. What do you think that these guys, this group of sixteen, should have been made to make their
2: votes uh, public? Yeah, I, I firmly believe that. And I think, look, and, and this is a flaw within the Hall of Fame itself. I mean, the Baseball Writers Association of America and our vote uh, asked the Hall of Fame to allow every one of our votes to be publicized. Uh, you know, they'll kind of make that as a condition of voting. And the Hall said no. The Hall did not want that. Now, so it's left to the individual writers, which I do. I know Jack McCaffrey, down Telco does, I think all the guys around here pretty much do um, to reveal their own balance. And I personally believe that should be a, a mandate. We're not talking about a presidential election or, or something like that, where individual politics or something are at play. I think it does hold to a level of accountability. And when you hold something like this, I think you should have to have the responsibility of, uh, of revealing your vote. Honestly, I think it should be that way with the NFL uh, and all these hall of Fames. I think, You know, the one thing about baseball is it's the most public Hall of Fame debate going. Uh, You know, you you get into the shady NFL and and NBA kind of circumstances. It gets a little weirder because nobody really knows who elects them.
1: Well, Kevin, you mentioned uh, that you do get to vote for these modern guys. And here's the 2022 ballot. Um, Who are you going to vote for? And I know you said you would vote for Jimmy Rollins. So tell me who you're going to vote for and tell me about J-Roll and why you think he deserves to be in there.
2: All right, I haven't done all my research yet, so I am I'm going to I'm doing that this week actually. Now that my student teaching is done, but uh, I'll I'll tell you the people I have voted for in the past. I voted for Bonds, uh, I voted for Clemens, I voted for Billy Wagner, uh, I voted for Scott Rowland, I voted for Kurt Schilling. Uh, I did in the past vote for Omar Vizquel. I will not this time, given what has gone on with him. In other areas, Jimmy Rollins, I will vote for Jeff Kent. I will vote for again. uh Check. check. Can I actually see the rest of that list? I apologize. Uh, I'm considering Gary Sheffield and Andrew Jones. Um, You know, obviously we're limited by 10. I will not vote for Manny Ramirez and I will not vote for Alex Rodriguez because they have both failed tests. Mm -hmm. And Sammy Sosa, I believe, was a pure product of uh, the Sam uh, of the steroid era. I think I did say Billy Wagner. Billy Wagner's numbers, yeah. by the way, are, are a a prime uh, example of why a reliever should be in the Hall of Fame. I mean, his strikeout-to-walk ratio is incredible. I think he's fourth or fifth all-time in stage. But again, the Rollins, guys, I would say the main reason I would vote for Jimmy Rollins is he's an MVP. He is the heart and soul of a championship team, and you can make the argument one of the – five best dynasties in the national league over the last 50 years. Okay. Between what that Phillies team did and again, the two world series went into division five straight years. You know, only the Braves and the Reds are probably as good. And I guess you would throw the Dodgers in at this point, um, you know, and, and Jimmy's glove is what differentiated him from a lot of people. Uh, you know, he has Larkin type numbers. Barry Larkin is in yeah. the hall of fame. He has Larkin type offensive numbers. And he kind of had an Omar Vizquel kind of glove, and if you look at it on either side, it guys, Chase Utley is not a great defender. Chase Utley was not a great defender. Jimmy had to cover a lot of things in the hole uh, going up the middle, and he besides Scott Rowland, how many plus defenders did he have at third base? You can make the argument Pedro Feliz, but Placido Polanco, I don't think would be considered that. Uh, you know, they they've had a lot of other guys who have been there. Who it's been a rotating cast. And, and and I don't think I think Jimmy did had to cover so much ground and did such a good job for them that defensively I think he's underrated for what he did.
0: Well, Kevin, you mentioned Kurt Schilling. Um, you know we we know about his after baseball situation uh, that seems to be getting him in more and more trouble each year. That doesn't take away from his baseball situation in my mind. If you set his numbers up next to Roy Halladay's. Um, Kurt Schillings are every bit as good except he's got a thousand more strikeouts and the only member of the 3000 strikeout club that's eligible to not be in the hall of fame. Mm-hmm. Uh, does Schilling get well, in or is he, um, has he burned too many bridges? Well, I would say Clemens would also
2: be in that group. Mm-hmm. Right. So, right. Um, who He is eligible, but yes. obviously it's going to be a long shot <clears throat> as far as Schilling. Look, I voted for Kurt. Uh, I, do understand the reservations some people have about giving him the platform and Cooper stamp um, to make a speech uh, because you wouldn't know where it would go, but I, that's not my job. That's not my job to, to, to decide on that. That's the hall of fame's issue on that. And if you look at his numbers, he's 11 and two in the postseason. He's one of the best big game pitchers of all time. Um, you know, was he a great teammate to a lot of people? no, uh, was he a pain in the rear end? Yeah. Um, but this isn't a boys choir. Uh, I, I'm electing somebody to, uh, I'm electing somebody because of, uh, of, uh, of the performance on the field. And here's another thing, and whether you believe in the politics or not. Okay. And I'm, I'm, I don't really want to go there, but I, get, I think we did this with Pete Rose. I think baseball did this with Pete Rose and I, I'm going to use that in this example. We don't, want to give him that forum okay but by not giving him that forum you give (laughs) him a bigger forum you give him a bigger audience to play a bit of a martyr and so i you know whether i believe in his politics or not and look i'll I'll tell you i don't i mean i'm i don't but (laughs) the point is um by by leaving him out you give him a megaphone and I think it, it becomes counterproductive at that point. I'm voting for him on his on-field thing, on his on-field uh, stuff. I'm not voting for him because of anything else. Final stuff uh, with you, Kevin. College football
1: playoffs. Uh, are you happy with the final four? Did they get it right ultimately?
2: I don't think they had any choice but <laughs> these four. I mean, Oklahoma State kind of took it out of the committee's hands when they when they lost yep. to Baylor. You could have, as much as I love Notre Dame, um, they they couldn't put them in over Cincinnati, right? Um, and actually, I think it's good for the Notre Dame program. They didn't go into the playoffs and go lose to Alabama again and hear more people complain. You know, your semifinals, one game is going to be a blowout. Alabama is mm-hmm. going to blow Cincinnati out. They are. I mean, it's just you're not talking about the same caliber of athlete. You just aren't, uh, and the same caliber of player and and all that. The depth issues. And, and Bill, I know you were down at all the Auburn game a couple weeks ago. I mean, you see the depth that Alabama has over everybody else, even oh, yeah. Georgia and Auburn, and they are really, really deep. And I don't think Cincinnati can match that. It'll be interesting to see Michigan and Georgia because I don't know what Georgia's going to have left in the tank. And Kirby Smart, I'm almost at the point I cannot pick a Kirby Smart team in a yeah. big spot again after what has gone on the last three, four years with him. Yeah, that's right. I, re- I really, I really. I mean, you know, and as much as Jim Harbaugh kind of makes me nervous on that end, too, they just have a little bit of a, a you know, a, a little dust sprinkled over them this year. So I think we're heading to Michigan and Alabama and Indianapolis for the uh, for the title on the 10th. I think you might be right.
0: Well, you, you mentioned uh, coaches there for just a second, Kirby Smart. Tell us about Brian Kelly and Lincoln <laughs> Riley bailing out and, and all of a sudden – it only took a plane flight for Brian Kelly to get a Cajun accent. How did Kevin that all happen? Kevin's a big Brian
1: Kelly fan. Let's hear it, Kevin.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, well, first of all, Kevin, what do, you, what do you think about these guys bailing out before the season's
2: over? Um, well, you know, I, blame, I blame college football setup on this. Me too. I, I think this is because of the recruiting periods and everything. Got, they have to get in place. I don't blame Brian Kelly for taking the money. And, and look – I. 12 years at Notre Dame is dog years in a lot of ways. I mean, it it ages you, and you can see it year and year and year. Every year, Brian Kelly looks like the president. You know, it it got progressively older. (laughs) Right. Um, But as a Notre Dame fan, while acknowledging he was incredible in rebuilding the program, um, I I personally believe it was time to go to a different area. Uh, I think his act had worn old in a lot of ways with alumni and and all that it's tough for Notre Dame, which has this belief that it is holier than now for lack of a better term. Right. um, To keep looking to the side every time Brian Kelly says something stupid. (laughs) And it got to that point, like, you know, after the Florida state game, you know, he tried the John McKay line and it was awful. And (laughs) he just, there was a certain point. It was like, okay, I'm ready to move on. And I think there was a lot of people connected with that, you know, and he's a phony; He really is. I mean, you know, that, that whole Cajun accent thing. If I was an <laughs> LSU fan, if I, no, seriously guys, if I was an LSU yeah. fan, I would be insulted that he thought that would work. I really <laughs> would. And, you know, Lincoln Riley, you know, the body wasn't cold in Stillwater, you know, and he's on a flight to, to LA. I mean, again, I get it. The money, I understand. This is the way the game is played. Mario Cristobal going to Oregon from Oregon to Miami and, and I can't really weep for Manny Diaz after what he did to temple but again all of this this is the process and it's a big business and until we stop convincing ourselves that it's not a big business you know we're we're, we're pulling our hair out
0: yeah well when you're paying guys 100 million dollars you you certainly any one of us would say we're on the next plane too well, so you can't blame them no
2: but and, and Bill let's be honest okay they, they're getting paid $100 million because the football programs are bringing in $500 million. Yeah, they're products. CEOs.
0: They're not yeah. head coaches.
2: No. They're CEOs. No, and, and especially at a place like LSU. But Brian better watch. If Brian's not in the national title hunt in three years, Brian's going to be looking over his shoulder real quick. We've learned that with Orgeron, and we learned that with Les Miles pretty quick. Yep.
1: Kevin, you got a lot of things going on. Tell us uh, where people can find your work these days. I know you're doing a lot of
2: freelance work yeah. and whatnot. Uh, doing a lot for the Associated Press, uh, doing uh, work in the beat, obviously with Mike Kern. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just wrapped up our high school football uh, scoreboard show on yeah. 1210 WPHT. Uh, and uh, Philly Voice, I'll resume once baseball decides to to, to get its economic act. Together <laughs> yes. Stuff.
0: Good stuff. Well, Kevin, we are out of time. We appreciate you taking the time to join us. Merry Christmas to you and your family and uh, watch a lot of sports.
2: I don't think that'll be a problem. Guys. Thank you very much. <laughs> all, all right. Good. Take care. Yep.
0: All right. Hey, Chet, if your couch is getting more mileage than your car, it's time to start saving with Allstate's pay-as-you-go auto insurance. Yeah, you got that right, Bill.
1: All states pay as you go. Auto insurance puts you in control. You only pay for the miles you drive with the same full coverage that a traditional policy offers. Pay per mile insurance gives customers greater control of their insurance costs. See how much you can save with pay per mile car insurance by calling your local agent. In Westchester, Pennsylvania, that is Dave Lavoy. Call Dave at 610 0700 once again 610 430 0700 and start to save more and how that you are driving less hey everybody it's willie nile here and you're listening to chet and bill on silly press box
0: radio you lucky people chet um uh, speaking of willie and because we have about 30 seconds uh, you got to see him again recently you posted a bunch of pictures was he as good as always Yeah, that's
1: why I played that right there because I realized we didn't mention it last week that I had seen him 10 days ago at 118 North in Wayne, Pennsylvania. Great little place, by the way. Uh, Great venue. The sound is terrific. And yeah, Willie was awesome. In addition to being a great performer, Willie hangs around afterward and will talk to everybody who wants to talk to him. So I was actually there for about 45 minutes after his performance ended because he was talking to everybody. And he talked to me and the people I was with for a good 10, 12 minutes because we were like just about ready to close the place. So, yeah, Willie's great. Still put on a killer show. And he's got a lot going on. He's doing a holiday show, I think, this week up in his hometown of Buffalo. He does that every year about this time of year. Willie's still great. 23rd time seeing him for me, Bill. He's going to lose
0: count pretty soon. Yeah, I know. All right. Hey, uh, let's talk some Sixers. We talked a little flyers with Kevin. We may get back to that, but let's talk Sixers. Uh, they're playing a little bit better. Joel's back. He's playing better, um, but they're still banged up. They're still not healthy. What's going on over there?
1: Yeah, they got issues. They got they have problems keeping everybody healthy. Embiid's been up and down since coming back from his, you know, COVID stint. Uh, he certainly looked great the last two games, especially Monday night. 43 points, 15 boards or whatever. Shot 15 for 20. I mean, that they would have lost these last two games if it were not for him. And he came up big, not only, you know the whole night but down the stretch he's showing that even though he's a 7 foot center he can be that go to guy at the end of the game. I mean he was making, you know, 15 footers, 18 footers when they needed it in the final couple of minutes of the game. So, Embiid as long as he's there and healthy, I don't know if they have a, that war statistic like they do in baseball in basketball but I'll tell you his would be sky high because he's just such a difference for them.
0: Well, let me let me ask you this and I'm I'm going to try to be um Level, level-headed level about okay. this because I'm not a fan of the NBA to start with, as you know. Okay. Um, you know, when you see guys show up on the, uh, what do they call it, sick non-COVID list, it seems to happen a bit more now than you know, they don't feel good, they don't play kind of thing. As the NBA resorting to just make the playoffs? Is the regular season just really meaningless? Just get in one of those spots and sit tight and rest up for the playoffs.
1: I think there is a lot of that, and and I don't know why, because I think seeding does matter. I mean, it didn't for the Sixers last season, of course. They were a top seed and still got booted in the second round. But you do want to have home court advantage in the playoffs. So I would want to always finish in the top three in terms of seeding. And I I don't think they put enough uh, emphasis on where you finish in the season and, you know, winning a lot of games because it can hurt you down in, into the playoffs. And yeah, you're right. A lot of guys are missing time. The other night it was Tyrese Maxey with a, a non COVID illness. We hear he is available to play tonight. At least that's as of this afternoon, but yeah, they've rarely had a full lineup and that that's even going beyond number 25. Who's not there.
0: Yeah. And I, I guess that's really my point. You know, uh, they, they, the, the NBA is so talented. Every, every team is talented. Every player is so talented. Um, so if you don't have your best talent and they do have most of their best talent, you're not going to win. Uh, I I don't, I don't like going out to any game thinking I'm not going to win or I'm not going with my best, my best bunch. Um, and that, it just kind of seems to me that that's the way this league is, is. And I, It really frustrates me. And the good news is I'm not buying tickets because if I was paying for it and going and half the players weren't playing, I wouldn't be real happy.
1: Oh, I know. I know. But, uh, I mean, the Sixers right now I think are like the seventh seed or whatever. They're, I guess, just Mm -hmm. a couple of games over 500. So they got some work ahead, you know, if they want to move up because you don't want to be in the fifth or sixth or seventh or eighth seeds because, you know, then you got to play the best teams in the conference. And most of the games will be on their home court and the second round and third round games are going to be, you know, tough. So yeah, they got to get it going.
0: Well, and, and that was the other thing, at least not including last night's games because when I was doing my note taking uh, last night's games weren't over, uh, they were the seven seed, but they were still only three and a half games out. So it, it's like, they're all bunched up kind of hanging around and which was more to my thought about this yeah. whole thing, just make the playoffs, you know, uh, one or two games swing. Gets them within, you know, gets them within a game. And now all of a sudden you're the third seat, fourth seat, you know, somewhere like that. It's not that much, but uh, it just, it's just kind of frustrating to me to watch the whole thing because I just don't feel like you're, you, you can ever feel like you're getting the best product out there.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, good news is there are only 24, 25 games in or whatever, so two-thirds of the season still to come. And, you know, hopefully guys are going to get healthier and they'll resolve the situation with you-know-who sometime before the trade deadline, hopefully. Right. And uh, go from there. And I still love watching this team. I know you're not a fan, but, you know, when they're clicking, they are fun to watch, especially Not just Embiid, but when Drummond comes in for him, he's fun sometimes. Tyrese Maxey is just a joy to watch. He's just, you know, a ball of energy the whole entire time. So I like watching them, and uh, I hope they can get it together. What I don't like watching, Bill, are the Flyers these days. And uh, just briefly, you know, they made the coaching change on Monday, and this is Mike Yo, the new head man, who uh, had this to say upon taking over. Oh, I just lost him. Here he comes. Mike Yo.
2: This is a very difficult time. It's emotional,
1: yet this is an unbelievable opportunity. And that's what all the players in the room have, is an
2: unbelievable opportunity to turn this around. Uh, this, is, this is not a very good story right now, this season. Uh, but the nice thing is we have the opportunity to change that.
0: Yeah, well, you better hurry. Uh, <laughs> yeah. you, let, you let in seven goals on the, the, the first game. Um, that was not good. Uh, I will say this, though, Chet, um, and as you know, I'm a Claude Giroux fan, but if he's not doing the job, I'd I'd be the one to say it. But it looked like the other night he tried to put this team on his back. He was playing much more aggressive, ended up scoring two goals. Obviously, it wasn't enough when you lose 7-5. But uh, I, I thought Giroux's effort was outstanding. They need to get healthy, too. Um, but they, unlike the Sixers, cannot wait. They got to. They got to go and they got to go quick. And I like what Drew said. I guess it was after the game when he said, we just
1: don't have an identity right now. And, you know, we got to change that. So he's right because, I mean, they're looking like they're not sure what the hell they're doing out there. I mean, they finally got a power play goal or two over the last few games, but uh, still they got a lot of work to do. It would be nice if they can get everybody healthy again. Uh, Kevin Hayes trying to come back, but he's clearly, you know, not the same guy yet. Uh, they're, they're missing the big defenseman. they got Ryan Ellis, it'd be nice to get him back healthy again. I don't know when that's going to be. So uh, it's going to be a long season. I fear.
0: Well, well, and you know, the, the thing about them is they started out like gangbusters. They were scoring goals and not giving up goals. Now all of a sudden they can't score a goal and they can't stop a goal. Or if Uh, they do score like the other night, they gave up seven. Then you're not going to win any games (laughs) like that. (laughs) Right. Right. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's really showing its ugly head that they're not, uh, They're not in very good shape right now. But, hey, one other thing that I know you were really interested in, and that is the union. What happened? You know, I actually meant to watch them on Sunday and I was thinking
1: about that at like 2:30 and then I forgot, totally forgot to check them out after the Eagles game. Um, but it's a shame they had to even play the game when they had 11 guys out with you know, the COVID protocol, including their captain and one or two of their other best players. So, it's a shame. I mean, I heard people complaining that it's just the league didn't want to lose that Sunday afternoon, prime time. And it was a a New York team they were playing. So they figured they'd have a good audience. I I don't know what the case is and I don't follow it closely enough, but it's a shame. I mean, they played a good game. They, it was nothing, nothing for the longest time. They scored the first goal, quickly gave that up and then lost late two to one. Great season for the union, but they're still, you know, a win away.
0: What do you, uh, what do you make of the can, or not cancel on the game? You know, in in baseball, it seemed like, they canceled games kind of, sort of (laughs) sometimes almost like it depended on who was playing. Uh, You know, the, the devils, I guess canceled a couple COVID games this week in the NHL. Uh, What do you make of that? If, if this hits the NFL, say um, you play on next man up and you play with, you play a playoff championship game without Brady and, and Rogers, if that were the case, what would you do? I thought the NFL did say this past year that they were going to, you know, not
1: cancel any games because of the COVID situation. I don't know if that's true or if I'm just imagining that, but you got to have rules going in. You can't just wait till the last minute and say, ah, they got seven guys out, so we're going to cancel it. Uh, they have six guys out. Yeah, we're going to play. I mean, you got to have some kind of clear rules, and it, it doesn't matter if it's Brady or you know the the forty fifth guy on the roster. Right. So you just got to have rules in advance, and don't just wait till the last minute to make a
0: decision. Yeah. Well, we'll uh, we'll see how that all plays out too. All right, Jet, Let's give a shout out to all the shows that will be live on the Edge of Philly Sports Network this week, including this one. This episode being streamed live across Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch. You can also catch all the action on www.eopsports.com. Help us out by hitting that subscribe, follow, like buttons, all those. Share with your family and friends. In addition to this great show, check out our partners in Philly sports, including the Broad Street Bullies podcast. Jeff, Drew, and Doyle can be heard Monday mornings at 9 a.m. talking all things Flyers. Edge of Philly Sports Live, join Joe, Freddie, and Big Al as they cover four-for-four and so much more Philly sports, maybe five-for-five tonight. They'll be live at 9.30 p.m. Eastern time tonight. Check them out. Check out Birds IQ with Kyle and Eric Quinn live Thursday nights at 7 p.m. talking all things Birds. The Patterson Avenue Fanatics, every Saturday, 9 a.m., wake up and have breakfast with the gang as they talk all things Philly sports. The network has added a couple podcasts, the Monday Mailbag with Joey Sharon on Monday afternoons, and Fridays with Freddie, our pal Freddie Burns. Check them out. If you miss it, they are available on all your podcast platforms. Don't forget to subscribe to the newsletter at eopsports.com, and it'll be in your mailbox on Fridays about 10 o'clock. Bill, I don't have a full-blown random chat for you this week, but
1: uh, I just want to mention this. I'm going to ring the bell anyway. Why not? Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, So last night I decided I was going to watch this show on TV. It was uh, the third or fourth presentation of Live in Front of a Studio Audience on ABC, a recreation of a couple of popular sitcoms from days gone by. Now, in past years, they recreated All in the Family twice, Uh, The Jeffersons and Good Times. And this time, it was a couple of early favorites or early 80s favorites. And that would be Different Strokes and Facts of Life. Now, to be honest, I didn't watch either of those shows regularly back in the day 40 years ago. But I was certainly familiar with them. I think most people our age would be. And this uh, recreation produced by Jimmy Kimmel and 99-year-old Norman Lear was a lot of fun great cast, including Jennifer Aniston, Catherine Hahn, Jason Bateman, John Lithgow, Snoop Dogg got in there. Uh, John Stewart, Damon Wayans, Kevin Hart and, and Dode and Dowd. I'm sorry. was in both episodes as Mrs. Garrett. She was great. So it was lots of fun. If you did not get to see it, uh, look for it on ABC on demand. I think it's on Hulu. Also live in front of the studio
0: audience. It was a lot of fun. Must've been a bad sports night.
1: It was no flyers, no Sixers. So, uh, <laughs> I decided to watch this, and I enjoyed it.
0: Hey, Chet, I saw something, um, and I forget the date. I meant to write it down, but there is actually, and you, I know you know this because you might have actually invented it. There is an actual National Bad Sweater Day, Ugly Sweater Day. (laughs) That doesn't surprise me.
1: I I think I do, but yeah, I don't know when it is. You would think it would be in December, right? Because it it is. It's like
0: December seventeenth or eighteenth. Somebody was advertised about that. I was like, I need to write this down, but. And then I thought, well, Chet probably invented it, so I, I wouldn't yeah, be surprised I at him in anyway. One, but uh, I'll, I'll be sure to make note of it when it does come up, because you know I, I got
1: something <laughs> going on next week that I'll talk about uh, a little bit later on. But in the meantime, Bill, we're going to talk about uh, well, you know what? We're going to talk more football. But before we do that, we have to officially welcome our football segment with Merrill. Hi, football fans. This is Merrill Reese, and you're listening to Bill and Chet on Philly Press Box Radio. It's good.
0: You are good, Merrill. My picks aren't so good. Uh, NFC's prediction time, Chet. Uh, How did we do last week? Am I making any headway here? By the way, tonight's beer,
1: Kugel's Toasted Buck. I don't know what a bock is, but it's kind of like a darker lager. It's
0: pretty good. Anything toasted does not belong in a can. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Bill, last week, as you may recall, you boop and I had the exact same picks. So as predicted, nobody gained or lost any ground. The good news is we were all three and one. So the standings haven't really changed. Uh Boop and I still share the lead in the top spot. We're 32 and 21. You are. Three games back still at 29 and 24, but I have a hunch we're going to have one or two games differently uh, this week. So let's find
0: out. Well, let's do it. Uh, Boop's going to go first. You'll go second. I'll go last. We've added a couple throw in games. Buffalo at Tampa Bay. The Bucs are minus three. Atlanta at Carolina. The Panthers are minus three. The Giants travel to LA to play the Chargers. The Chargers are minus 10 and a half in that game, Chad. Mm. Yeah. And Dallas visits Washington. The Cowboys are minus three and a half. Uh, the the odds makers certainly have these games this week pretty close. So uh who does Boop like Buffalo and Tampa Bay? The Bucks are minus three. Oh, hang on. By the way,
1: there's our old pal right there. Boop. Haven't seen hey, him in Boop. a while in here. Boop Vitrone. I, I invited Betters him Insider. on again, but he said he's still having some trouble with his uh internet at home so he didn't want to risk you know have it crapping out during the show so or else he's just avoiding us i don't know that could be too who are we starting with buffalo tampa bay buffalo tampa bay uh as usual i have not pre-read what he wrote so bill's at buccaneers okay this will be buffalo's third game in florida this season boop notes and uh that was a 35 nothing win at miami and then a shocking 9-6 loss in Jacksonville by the Bills. Tampa Bay hasn't lost at home in over a year, so his pick, not surprisingly, is the Buccaneers. He says also if the Bills have thawed out from Monday night, expect there to be fireworks. Go for the over, especially for the first half. So he thinks there could be a lot of points, but he's picking the Buccaneers. And me too, after what I've seen from uh, the Bills lately, they're they're struggling. Got to go with the Bucks in this one.
0: Yeah, the Bills are struggling. I'm going with Tampa Bay. Uh, Atlanta at Carolina Panthers minus three. Boop says the visiting team has won the last
1: three games and five of the last six in this series. So let's go with that. His pick is the Falcons. Wow. They have been 27. Yes. Or there have been 27. Yes. 27 field goals made in the last five Falcons, 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 Panthers matchups. So do with that, what you will. I'm just going to ignore that. That's what I'm going to do with it. Uh, His pick (laughs) though, is the Falcons. Me, Bill. I'm going different here. I'm going to go with the home team and take the Panthers. I know they they just fired their OC, so maybe they'll uh, figure something out offensively. And I'm going to take Carolina. Boop has Atlanta.
0: Yeah, I, I was going to take Atlanta in this game, uh and I and I am not a fan of the Atlanta Falcons by any means. No. But Carolina is struggling, and uh, I think Atlanta is actually playing a little bit better. Uh, I don't like that it's at Carolina, but I'm going to take Atlanta in this and see what happens. All right. So I'm going to either gain a game or lose a game on you guys. That's right. Giants at uh, the Chargers, Giants minus 10 and a half. All right. Boop says New York is one
1: and four in its last five games out in the Golden State, and the Giants haven't won a road game in regulation in a year. His pick is the Chargers. Want to bet, says Boop. The line is 10 or 10 and a half, but the Giants' offense has melted. 10, 13, 9 points the last three times out. L.A. scored 41 twice in the last three games and posted a 47 on the board in October. This could get really ugly. He says go for some high alternative lines. But bottom line, his pick is the Chargers. And, yeah, me too. I can't pick the Giants, even though they beat the Eagles two weeks ago. I am not picking the Giants on the road here.
0: Nah, no, no way. I got to go with the the Chargers. If the Giants pull it off, it would be a real upset, be a real surprise. One more game. All right. Dallas at Washington. uh, Cowboys minus three and a half. The Boopster says the football team, the
1: football team, yes, hasn't lost since Halloween. Hmm. But, oh, I see what he he was being cute here. He said the football team hasn't lost since the Halloween. He added the, the, I get you. But this should be the end of their treats. Oh, Boop's being creative here. Dallas will be working on nine days rest and looking to start nailing down the division title before the first of the year. His pick is the Cowboys. Want to bet? Boop says Ezekiel Elliott got double-digit rushes this past week, the first time in three games. Now he is due to pile up the rushing yardage again. Find a number for him with some good odds. So he likes Zeke and he likes the Cowboys. And I thought about taking Washington at home in this one, but uh, I'm going to take Dallas and I'm actually going to root for Dallas because that would help the Eagles in their bid for a playoff berth because, you know, Washington is right there, a half game in front of the Eagles. So I hate to say
0: this bill, but go Cowboys. Oh, that hurts. Ooh, I'm not, I'm not going to say that. Mm, uh, I'm going to take right. the Cowboys, but I'm not <laughs> going to ever say those words. Yeah. Uh, you know, but Chad, I'll tell you what, if Washington is able to win this game, I will take back all the bad things I've said about how much they stink. Um, but I, I'm not sure. They've got their hands full with the Cowboys on Sunday. I threw
1: up a little bit in my mouth saying that. But yeah.
0: So did I. Just <laughs> My ears started to bleed.
1: <laughs> oh, and for what it's worth, I, I like the Eagles to uh, beat the bye this weekend.
0: Do you? Well, yeah. I'm just hoping they don't get anybody hurt. You know, if they come out of the buy healthy, that will be a good thing. That's for sure. Hey, before uh, we go, let everybody know where they can follow Boop and everything he has going on. Now,
1: Boop is a contributor to bettersinsider.com. You spell betters, by the way, B-E-T-T-O-R-S, insider.com. All sorts of betting info on there. And you get even more on Boop's Twitter. That is at BoopStats, at BoopStats. And, uh, Bill, what was I going to say? I was just going to tell you something. And uh I don't know.
0: Was it about boob stats or was it about toasted beer in a
1: can? Yeah, wait, half a beer and I'm losing my mind already. I don't
0: know. Carry on, Bill. All right. <laughs> uh well, you were gonna say something more about the beer, I believe, weren't you? did you I got nothing else? You got nothing no, else. No, no, what I was gonna say, what I was gonna say actually was about
1: uh the ugly sweaters because um our friends at the Irish Rover station house are hosting a couple of big events over the next week tomorrow evening they have uh what's it called a jingle mingle happy hour event from five to seven i don't know if they're trying to hook people up or what's going on but it's a jingle (laughs) mingle with all sorts of happy hour specials from five to seven i won't be there for that i don't need to mingle i'm happily married Uh, But anyway, next Wednesday is the one that I'm really looking forward to because next Wednesday, Bill, yes, indeed, it is the ugly sweater party at the Irish Rover. That is Wednesday, the 15th, 7 p.m., and you're thinking, hey, wait, don't you guys have a show next week at 7 p.m.? Nope, not next week. We'll get to that in a second. Irish Rover ugly sweater party next week. And I'm going to have a slew of sweaters to choose from next week, Bill. And, yeah, you will see pictures the next day.
0: Well, <laughs> this is perfect. I, You know, go back to the jingle mingle. You know, you, you don't <laughs> need to mingle, but um, maybe they expect those little jingle bells you wear on your shoes. Maybe they're expecting those to help out with the, uh, you know, with the music and such at the show. You know, I may have some
1: ugly sweaters, but I do not have any bells on any of my toes and any of my shoes. I don't, I don't do that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We'll see. Well, pictures, (laughs) pictures won't lie. Uh, Yeah, there'll be pictures. PJ and Denny will be around and uh, there will be pictures. That's for sure. (laughs) Oh, so funny. And, and is this uh, ugly sweater event in your honor? Now, they've been doing this since
1: before I even became a fan of the Irish Rover, and uh, I've been to a couple of them in the past, and it's a good time because a lot of people have even uglier sweaters than me, Bill, and I'm going to take pictures to prove that, that you make fun of my sweaters, wait till you see some of the other ones. There are some very creative ones, there are some homemade ones, they're a lot of great ones. You'll see pictures.
0: Uh, and I assume that's a night Miss Linda stays home because she's not going to go be embarrassed with you in those sweaters. She has no interest in going. <laughs> uh, I don't blame her. Well, not going, but going with you in that sweater. Yeah. All right. Hey, great guest tonight in Kevin Cooney. Uh, we have scheduled change next week. Tell us about that. Tell us who's coming to Philly Press Box Radio. What's going on? Oh, ooh, I hope I have pictures in here. Oh, I do.
1: Thank goodness. Um, next week, Bill, because I'm going to be at the Irish Rover on Wednesday, we're going to do our show on Thursday, all because of me. I'm sorry, everybody. Yeah. Uh, Thursday, the 16th at 8 p.m. That's because there's another show on our network at 7. We don't want to you know, interfere with them. So we're going to do our show next week at 8 o'clock. Plan accordingly, everybody. And we are going to welcome Bill to philly sports legends to the show and i love how you don't even know who we're gonna have i'm telling you right now uh the first one is well one of my favorite eagles from the early 90s and check this out this is fred barnett's promo from last year because last year december 16th 2020 as you'll see in the picture is when he was on last year this year he's on thursday december 16th 2021 and it'll be at eight o'clock instead of seven but One year to the day that Freddie was with us last year, he's going to be back again this year. Hey, get out of there. There you go. All right, so Fred Barnett, Arkansas Fred, always great to have him on with us. And then, Bill, we're going to have a first-timer joining us, and I did not tell you this in advance, but you are going to love this one. He is one of the Broad Street Bully-era Philadelphia Flyers. He is a two-time Stanley Cup champion. He is this guy, number 14, still very popular today. Joe Watson, defenseman extraordinaire. Joe Watson, what a super guy! And that is going to be fun.
0: That is going to be a blast. Both of those guys are going to be good. Can't wait to talk hockey with a bro- another Broad Street bully. <laughs> How cool is that? And, and like you said, Arkansas Fred, is always good. You know, right? You you raised the bar again, my friend.
1: It's funny, uh, you know. Joe's Joe's old school, and so he's not a big texter or the social media guy. I think his wife kind of does the social media stuff on his behalf because he is on Instagram and Twitter, I believe. Um, But he did get back to me on there. And instead of just texting me back, he called me and it came up as Joe Watson and I said okay hi Joe and so we actually talked like three times cuz he wants to make sure you know we're all set on this so yeah Joe's looking forward to joining us and that's going to be great he's going to have some stories
0: for sure so great. just just forget about everything else next week we have Fred Barnett and we have Joe Watson that's right that's right all the other stuff is going to the back burner we'll fit it <laughs> we'll fit it in if we can we're going exactly. to we're going to talk eagles we're going to talk flyers with Fred Barnett and Joe Watson there you go great stuff all right, uh, let's take another quick break and thank our friends at the PPCC 118 Razz Room. They post great sports memorabilia on their Facebook page for people to take a chance of winning something they may not be able to afford or have access to. All items come with certificates of authenticity. They've continued to run out great autograph memorabilia from all the Philly teams and more. They have small line razzes that give you better odds of winning. Who doesn't like to win? They are also up to Day 7 of their 25 Days of Christmas Mystery Boxes through Christmas Day. Check out their Facebook page. Like it or follow it. It's ppcc 118 Razroom. That's right, ppcc 118 Razroom on Facebook. Mr. Chesko, anything else? Do you have a parting shot tonight? I do not have a true parting shot. I did not write anything down.
1: But what I will mention is um, this past Saturday – no – was it Saturday? Yeah, it was Saturday. Um, this past Saturday, Bill, I was at the Phillies annual holiday event at the ballpark. You may have seen pictures from that as well. And boy, what a great time. Now, it was a bit scaled back this year because the pandemic is still going on. So they did not have the Fanatic as Santa Claus. And, you know, I like getting those Santa Claus pictures every year. Did That did not happen. Fanatic was there, though. They did not have the live reindeer, which they usually have. I don't know. Maybe the reindeer got COVID. I have no idea. But uh, everything else was there, including a bunch of the broadcasters. Uh, You may have seen I got this uh, cool picture with these three other guys. One of these things doesn't belong with the other, Bill. Which is that?
0: (laughs) Rube. He's dressed in blue.
1: Exactly. See? (laughs) exactly <laughs> it's not that i'm not a phillies broadcaster it's reuben didn't get the memo about wearing red so there you that's go right. that's
0: right it was right. great
1: to talk to rube and la and ben davis and uh you didn't think i'd get that did you i did not that was good <laughs> very good on your part but that was that was good and uh boy i'm hoping rube follows through he said he's gonna come on our show at some point so i'm reaching out to rube about coming on early in 2022 and uh who else oh well uh then- Kevin Franzen, too. They so. might
0: have a lot of free time if uh, since baseball's locked out. We didn't even get to that. I know. Well, I did talk to Kevin about that, Kevin Franzen. He thinks they're going to have it resolved
1: before pitchers and catchers report. He said, this is what he said. He said, they can't be that stupid to let this strike on.
0: I no said, kidding. well, you never know. <laughs> no kidding. Hey, uh, one other thing I wanted to throw out before we run out of time is it's Army-Navy week. Unfortunately, yep. it is not in Philly uh you've never been we I need know. to make a pack chet we need to try to go next year i've been a bunch of times i know but we need to make it happen in 2022 time's running out it's on my bucket list that well, and uh, several other destinations but like yeah, alabama auburn was on my bucket list yeah. they're bold we'll knock them off let's go all right give me 30 seconds about what's so great about uh army navy well, you uh, first of all, it's the march on at the beginning. Uh, you got to be there three hours before the game in the stadium. Um, wow. There's exchange students that go back and forth. There's a whole ceremony where the guys return from that have spent the year at Annapolis and at West Point from the other schools. Uh, that's a whole thing. The flyovers are great. The president usually comes. Um, it's just so, so much festivity, so many things going on. It's just really fun. It's uh, it, just the whole march on itself is is amazing. Awesome. All right. All right. Okay. We done. We're done. Let's wrap it up. Let's get All out right. of here. All right. Thank yeah. Thank tonight's special guest Kevin Cooney, <laughs> our sponsor is the Irish Rover Station House, Bob Sullivan's Lake Your Age PPCC one eighteen Rad Room, and Dave LaVoy of All State Insurance in Westchester. For Jim Chachesco, this is Bill Furman. We hope you enjoyed the show. We'll join Philly Press Box Radio next Thursday, December 16th, with Fred Barnett and Joe Watson. Yeah. At 8 p.m. You can see us live on Facebook or listen through our website, phillypressboxradio.com, or on blogtalkradio.com, Radio, on Google Podcasts as well as Apple Podcasts, High Heart Radio, all the others. High hopes, Philadelphia sports fans.
1: Let's do the song, come on!